You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another edition of After the Jack and finals are in the air. Uh, I'm Tyler Ma, your host. Uh, with me in the studio, Ash Williamson. Ash, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks to all the listeners. It's certainly an exciting time of season when finals come around. And Brian Nisbet, uh, we can't get rid of him. Uh, Brian, what's going on? Thanks very much, Tyler, for those kind words. Good afternoon, Ash. Good afternoon, Brian. I really missed the show last time. Uh, I could have actually um, been ra- here, but... The ratings plummeted too, Brian, without you. I, I'd understand that. And uh, our special guest uh, this evening is uh, the one, the only, Mark Ryan from Tully Group. No, Rhino, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Ash, Brian, how are we? Thanks for coming, Rhino. Thanks, Mark. All right, we'll get straight into having a chat to our special guest for this week. Um, so, Rhino, obviously a satisfying... Well, year up to this point for Tally, new to Division 1, um, and you're lucky enough to, to nail the crucial double chance in the finals. Obviously, with all your experience, um, you know, for a new club to Division 1, how important do you think that was before the start of the season when you sort of set your goals for the year? Yeah, no, thanks, Ash. Yeah, we're certainly happy with how we've um, had our first year in Division 1. We sort of aimed to play in the you know, finals. That was our number one sort of objective, and then... To get top two is a bonus, so um, we're sort of a lot of us have played uh, Division One before or won premierships. I think there's nine Division One premiership players there, so we've got a fair bit of experience, but uh, haven't been in there for a few years, and yeah, just sort of stepping back up to that mark again now is um, certainly the challenge. Yeah, and yeah, just taking our, our game probably had a little bit more of a relaxed time in Division Two and enjoyed ourselves, um, and now just trying to switch back on, and now it's finals. We know that. Yeah, it's not just going to be a walk in the park and, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot harder bowls. But, yeah, um, yeah, just growing, the club's growing. Yeah, it's been good fun to see that side of it, uh, a lot of youth coming through and things like that. So. Yeah, yeah, and just, you know, obviously talking about the club, it's sort of been a project for sort of two or three years um, to, you know, obviously earn promotion from Div 2 into Div 1 and um, I think the club's done a really good job of, you know, tr- recruiting high-profile bowlers, obviously starting with yourself and then, you know, the likes of Matt Robertson and Mitch Sidebottom um, to really build a contender for a Division 1 premiership. How... Um, how, how has that sort of come about and, and how has the culture, I suppose, out at Tally um, really sort of built what you've got there now at the moment in Division 1? Yeah, that's sort of been a bit of a bonus having um, the new recruits lot. Yeah, it all started off probably with um, Joey going there a few, Joey few, Lear, yep. few years ago. So Joey sort of, you know, he was there as well as a lot, blokes lot before that, Terry Lee Watt. It's just been, um, well, the club nearly folded back seven, eight years ago when yep. they first come to the Golden Valley, they were barely fielding one side. So it's been a long process probably from then if you really look back at it um, more than just lately getting the top-end players. But the top-end players have probably come just due to the odd one or two coming into the club and then, you know, they know someone that knows someone and then mm. it's just like a bit of a network in that lock. It just sort of thrives off, you know, the next bloke. And we've all sort of played around abouts with each other like I've played with um Gunny a bit before and who's come to the club last year and yep. and obviously Robbo as well and and now Mitch so it's a great opportunity to have four 
you know, premiership skippers really. So yep. yeah, it's just a matter of building the rest of the club up, that you know, into the right positions and find our, find our feet. Yeah, so how, how would you say the culture out at Tally compares to other clubs you've been at? Obviously, Shep Golf and Marutner and Shep Park, where you've all had premiership success and even Athalia back when you started. Um, you mentioned a little bit last year, with, you know, I was quite relaxed in Division 2 and you obviously enjoyed it and got the reward at the end of the day. How's the culture out at Tally compared to other clubs you've been at? Yeah, certainly different. Um, very more laid back yep. style. Um, yeah, small country town. You know, obviously really small, and um, it's just basically a, a a shed built there on a green. So it's pretty low key sort of affair. You just rock up. You got the smell of dairy cows in the background, <laughs> and there's flies, and it, and you know there's kids playing tennis and and cricket and footy training. There's always something going on out there, even for a real small town. So it's got a real community feel about it. it doesn't yep. feel like you're walking into like a big um, setup with a roof, or like we have done at Park, and it's yep. sort of like you're playing at Eddie Had, and it's yeah. <laughs> a great, great feeling, and it's sort of got that big aura about it. But this is sort of real, growing it right back to the stone, and where yeah, we're, we're pretty basic sort of a setup. But yeah, the the people there are having fun, and that's sort of what creates the fun about it, because it's not what. You're trying to make it all shiny and, and glossy. It's just about yeah, keeping it real, yeah. basic sort of stuff. Yeah, and certainly, like, I know, um, obviously, the bowlers out there, that they, they're responsible for everything. So it's the sandwiches, Smoko, when we had Smoko breaks and curating the greens and surrounds and all that sort of thing. So everyone who's involved in the club sort of has, has a role to play in the overall operation of the club. That's right, yeah. yeah. And there's not many retired um, members out there and we don't rely on ladies to sort of help out or do too much. A few wives might get out there and help out um, over the past few years that I've seen. But we rely on – we're all, like 99% of us have jobs and work, you know, day day jobs. Yeah. Um, so we've sort of all got to chip in. Like previous clubs, you know, you've got your retirees and, mm. and they all sort of say, yeah, I'll do the, you know, surrounds or another person will mow the greens and – um, another person will do the bar and that sort of stuff. So we're sort of all got to chip in to a degree. Yeah. Which makes it even more rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think. Um, and moving ahead, obviously, to the business end of the season, um, you're playing, obviously, the benchmark in Shep Golf, going for, for six in a row, six premierships in a row. You've played them twice this season, including last week, um, and they've had your measure. But um, – were you satisfied last week with the improvement you made from the round seven game to the round 14? Um, you know, your 21 shot improvement sort of, um, and you managed to pinch a rink and a half. Um, how, how do you feel going ahead to, into this qualifying final, knowing that you've sort of improved off that f- first um, effort against them? Yeah, obviously the first effort was just an opener for us, um, not playing some real strong teams for a long time. So that was a bit of a shock. Yeah. And just opened our eyes up to where we need to be at. Uh, I think on the weekend, you know, we sort of adapted a bit more to the the Vision One style of game and and, mm. the, and the vocal sort of side that they are. Yeah. Um. And I think we're sort of starting to, yeah, that sort of just wears thin with us really. So we're not really worried about that sort of stuff. And yeah, we're just sort of trying to adapt into that pressure situation of finals. We know they're a very good side. Yeah. Um. They've still got a few new faces in their side too. Yeah. Um. Off the top of my head, I, I know that Truans are Truans, reasonably yep. new there. Um. So they're. You know, most of them are all played in that premiership last year. Yeah. Um, where we're coming off the back of not playing Div 1. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I still think we're on the way up. Like yep. I know Mitch had a good lead and, and Robert had a good lead and Gunny was all square and, 
you know, put a line through my rink's performance. It was sort of, we didn't get out of the barriers at all. We got stuck there. Yeah. A bit like Chautauqua that day, <laughs> or many days. So we're on for improvement in my rink. And then yep. if you throw us into the equation being close or within a sort of half a dozen, ten shots, yeah. All of a sudden, late in the game, we're in front. So yeah, yeah. I, I believe it was close last week. About ten, with maybe ten to go. Yeah, it was about eight shots. I think was at one point. Yeah, probably maybe fifteen to twenty ends to go. Yeah. yeah. So what? What? Um. What has to change, or what was the difference in those last ten ends, and what sort of things can you sort of um try and work on to make sure those premiership ends are where you're still in touch? Yeah, we all know those last twenty ends are. Well, they're as important as the first 20, but yep. we know you can switch off a little bit too. Yep. And possibly we thought, well, we've got one or two rinks here. We're, we're going to finish in the top two. Maybe took the foot off a little bit mm. um, and just switched off those last three ends on a, across, yeah, especially the two leading rinks. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, that we just give them an opportunity to, to get back in the game and yep. nearly nearly get us 18-zip again. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, rink draws can have a, a really big impact sort of in the big games, particularly finals, um, especially against a, a powerhouse like golf. Obviously, they don't have many sort of weak links. Um, you know, how did you feel about the rink draws last week and would you be happy if they fell the same way in the in the qualifying final? Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's any issue with the rink draws. I don't think there will be many real issues. I think our skippers are... Yep. You know, can counter punch their skippers on on their day, so yep. it shouldn't really matter on rink draws. Yeah, I believe we're all pretty got pretty even sides now. Obviously, Mitch's team's been going really well this uh, since the new year with Joey playing third, and they've seen to have yep. yeah, found their way. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident they could um, get the job done. Against yeah. anyone. Yeah, yeah. Looking at um, sort of your rink for the year, you've had a few positional changes and really tried to find the right combination. Um, you know, I know obviously in, in, in the past seasons, particularly at Park and, and even Marutna, um, you've probably had a really solid rink for most of the year. Is this the first sort of time for a long time that you've tr- really fought the combination a little bit, trying to mix and match and find what works best for you? Yeah, it, yeah a fair bit really. Um, probably losing Rod still, um, you had... Yeah, had to take some time away from the game due to some different things he's got going on. He's too busy, yeah, and that sort of thing. And that's that's fantastic. That's fine for him. But so when there was, I was just trying to find a replacement third, I guess. So then that changes whether do you put a second up or do you, you know, try and find one from from another rink and yeah. And then yeah, it's just been a balancing act trying to you know play with other rinks as well. So yeah, just been playing sort of with players in different spots. Yeah, and this week we've done something else again so yep yeah unfortunately swooper um got dropped this week um he's been with me for a while but you brought matty um, o'connor into yeah, league yeah so matty o's coming across to hopefully give us a head start and yep um yeah that'll be good i thought um kyle Pugh was really good for you against e shepherdon and that was his first game playing third for you and obviously coming over from banala um you probably didn't know a lot about him coming to the club but i thought that gave you a real spark um, injecting him into third and obviously you, you, you stuck with him for the, the first final again as well. What's he sort of brought to the rink? Uh, he's just sort of sees the rink, sees the head a lot like myself. So it works, yep. works really well. Like if I call a shot, he understands it and he calls me shots that I can understand too. So yeah. we're not sort of too far away from what we both want to play. Yep. And yeah, he's he's been a group skipper 10, 12 years ago over there in the Ovens and Murray. So yep. he's got a lot of ability, um, took a bit of a break from the game there and has only come back the last few years, but has played in a premiership um, with Benalla and stuff like that. So he's certainly well accredited player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just 
a matter of time to for us to get our rhythm together. Um, only a second go on the weekend, so yep. Yeah, hopefully we can improve a little bit further. Yeah, yep. Um, no doubt the greens at golf last week were running, you know, nice and slick. Um, but obviously, um, Shep Parks. The venue for the Div 1 Grand Final, obviously, you know, um, probably looking a little bit far ahead. But, um, you know, do you think a 14, 15 second green gives you a better chance of beating a Shep Golf or a Shep Park or a Hilltop as opposed to the slicker ones that probably Shep Golf had last week? Yeah, well, in saying that, we're pretty used to playing on reasonable greens at Tally, but yep, yep. Um, we're probably just a little bit, given a little bit more room at the front end. Like, uh, we haven't probably been straight on the jack lot with lot from leads and seconds. So, yeah, if we can get to that, I think 14, 15 should be okay, but I yep. think 16 would be perfect. Yeah. Anything over, anything over that can start getting a little bit tricky. Yeah. As we've seen in the past with some grand finals in Hilltop, you know, you yeah. sort of looks pretty ordinary and you wonder sort of what standard and what sort of division you're actually playing Yeah, when you can't get one within six feet. So yeah. that, that can be a bit too quick at times. Yeah. Um, and certainly, um, what have you thought of the standard of Division 1 this year? Obviously, Tally coming into the competition, um, you said it, you know it's been a bit of an eye-opener and the, the intensity level's gone up. Um, how have you assessed the overall standard, um, particularly with you know the top four sides? Um, there's been, there was quite a close gap between second to sort of fifth or sixth. Yeah, real good. I think it's pretty even all across. Like, even your row beat us that day. Mm, you know, that, yep. and they beat yourselves, beat Park, I think, yep. the week before. So, yep. I mean... Anyone can beat you on your day if you're, you know, slightly off. Yep. I just think it's good. The game's in good place at the moment in the Golden Valley. Yeah. yeah. And um, what, are your, what are your thoughts, obviously, beyond next season? Obviously, the, the, the build's still going on with Tally and you've got to the Div 1 finals now and you've got the double chance. Um, is this something that, you know, you want to keep building and, um, you know, really stick it out for, you know, the foreseeable future? Yeah, I do, for sure. I think yep. there's... A lot of growth, not just from Division One point of view. Like we're we're finishing in finals and finish top two, and from here on in, you know, there's no pressure on us. It's just a bonus. But mm. the rest of the club, I just want to see grow. So I'd love to see our Division Five team win this year and get yep. the four, um, and get an extra rink in. So yep. you know, we can get another four or five players come out, and then fill that sort of position, and, yeah. and the club can grow from there. Like Division Three are on the knocking on the door too. Yeah. Um and. Yeah, a little bit more growth will happen from a little bit of success, I think. Yeah, well, the, the, the club must be really buzzing, you know, to have all three sides in for, like you said, a small community where, you know, probably not a lot of the bowlers actually live in tally themselves, but they all go out there and it's one big, um, you know, happy club and it, the vibe's really good. Everyone must be really, um, you know, practice would be really buzzing, you know, to have all three in the finals. Yeah, that's right. Like, we've probably sort of not all buzzing this week because I've got a few at East Shepherd and having a roll on the carpet and yep. um, a few others playing a tournament in Yarrawonga but in general we are you know, really pleased with what we've done so far this year Yeah, and if we could uh, grab one premiership out of three we'd be wrapped but any more than that would be unreal wouldn't it? So. Yeah. And yeah. that was pretty important at the start of the season to get that third side in wasn't it because yeah. you know it's obviously like you said you're a small club but um, you know it might be a bit hard when you've only got if you've only got two sides to try and build that momentum and, and build that buzz up. That's right, yeah, and that, and that was the importance last year, winning both the two and the four, so we didn't have like a one and four, such a big drop, um, so now we've got that one, three and five, it's sort of an even spread, yeah, so we, if we could win the fives this year, it'd be awesome, I reckon we're in a good position to do it. Absolutely. You got anything to add, Brian? I think he's, he's given a glowing endorsement of the club, and obviously there's a lot to look forward to over the next few weeks at Tally. Yes, uh, thanks, Ash. The competition amongst the skips this year, I believe it's been, it's probably the best 
uh, the most talent we've seen in the skips in the Goulburn Valley since I've been over here, Mark, in, in about 30 years. Um, not quite 30 years, 25 years. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. That's pretty even. Um, any any week you play, you could be yeah, a big chance to get beaten um, and every chance of winning. So you never know what you're going to get on the day. It's It's been really good arm wrestle. All, all my games have been good. And uh, my team analysis of Tally Garupna, uh, just reviewing your season, I believe you're short a couple of thirds and possibly two leaders for you to go the next step. Yeah, you could be right, Brian, but time will tell. We're finished top two, so I'm not too critical of, of how we've gone or what we've got at the minute, but I'm sure uh, what we have is, you know, some people would be envy of us, have, you know, we're not going too bad. I wouldn't have thought. No, but yeah, no, to be look, to be a it's know, Shep golf. It's a little bit different, isn't it? It's, like it's certainly a good platform to build from, and you know, if you can add a couple, it's mm. um, it certainly creates a bit of competition for spots. And that you know, with where where the club's depth's at at the moment, having three in the finals, it's, um, yeah. it won't hurt. Yeah, well, like, and we've got a few out too. Like um, Dwight, Dwight is probably only just coming back to playing bowls, so he's playing in the fives this second half of the season. You know, Bordy Jones, and yep. you know, you got. Um, like you said, Stilly, yep. Rod Still out. So if he comes back in, then you know he's another third that's sort of beefs us up a little bit too. Yeah, and like you Trevor said, Trevor Serafini, who's yeah. been out. So you know, due to ill health, and we wish Trevor all the best. He's uh, getting over surgery there last week. So yep, we're a few few lot on in that sort of experienced area with um, losing those guys. But yeah, but it certainly exposed probably a few guys that um, you know if you did have a full contingent of players may not have got an opportunity. That you know, Guy Madigan's one that's got a, a great lot of potential. Um, you know, Tyson Emmett's still getting better. Matt O'Connor's, you know, had, had lots of opportunities the past few years, but to have that Div 1 experience this year and be exposed to it, it probably holds you in maybe a bit better stead than if you had everyone available. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, or? fair call. Yeah. yeah, they've got opportunities that, yeah might not have happened at the start of the season. So that's they would have had to push for it, but instead they've started there and, yep. and then sort of held their own, so it's been good. Yeah. Well, I initially uh, picked Tally to win the premiership. I thought with your with your four skippers and Rod Still and and Fingers, uh, uh, Russell o- Orchard, Orchard, alias Russell Orchard, and I know Matty O'Connor. Um, he's won a singles out of Tung- uh, at uh, Tally, Tally quite a few years ago. The talents there and uh, Tyson Mehmet and Joey Lee, just to name you know a few. But I just thought. Can golf maintain their status for so long? I mean, there's there's a point where you've got to drop off a bit, and I thought blokes like John Dagger and John Foley and and then might take a just might decline a little bit. And but with the uh, this was done without um, knowing that the Truans were going to shift camp initially, or one of them was going to go motorbike ride. And I think um, um, Connor, Connor, yeah. And um, so that's made a big difference. They picked up two quality thirds and injected a bit of youth and enthusiasm into the team. Not that they needed much of that, I don't think, but yeah. Well, if anything, it's probably, um, you know, Tally coming in, I think, and knowing who you had at your disposal, it's probably... um kept their guard up a little bit and made sure that they were switched on because it did obviously add a new element into the Div 1 competition and the Tat Hill top merger again. So um, like you said, the standards um, lifted behind them a little bit to sort of keep them on their toes. Yeah, definitely. They've 
they've got a good side and they, and they, and they deserve to be favourites after the season they've had and the past five seasons they've had. But you yep. only got to look at last year's grand final with you know Shep Park probably uh, should have won the match and mm. and didn't quite at the finish um, as you're aware of. Yeah, yeah. You know anything can happen on its day and I've been part of grand finals before at Shep Golf and yep. we we're going for three in a row one year and undefeated all year. Yep. Uh, one by forty in the in the qualifying final against Kyabram and come out in the grand final and they beat us. So yeah, anything can happen, and you know we've got our hat in the ring and we're, we're going to be trying our best. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just away from the bowls club, you said anything can happen. You've got, you've got a few interests um, going around on some race courses. Anything that we should be keeping an eye on in the next little bit um, to sort of fill our pockets? Oh, look, you know we've got a little trotter out there called Top Hut Johnny. He's pretty reliable, gets around the track um, pretty well. But he hasn't got much of a turn of speed. He's a little bit like Joey Lear. He's one paced. <laughs> um, but F- yeah. few tally bowlers involved in that one, I believe. Yeah, there's about ten of us. So yep. yeah, it's yeah, we only have a small share, and I'm sure Mitch has got a heap of other mates that are up in it as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's just been a bit of fun that one, and yeah, we've recently got a galloper. Uh, with Liam Healy, which is yep. a little way off uh, yeah, winning a picnic meeting, I reckon. But anyway, <laughs> we'll see. Dino Jones, he's pretty happy with it, reckons it might be something, but yep. we'll see. And that's all part of the vibe that you've got out at Tally. You know, it's not just bowls. It's all these other um, things away from the green that uh, create the social um, environment out there. It does, it does. Just it gives you a bit of a session you can go to, go watch a race or, yeah, go down the local and have a beer and watch your horse. And yep. it, it just creates that atmosphere, a bit of, you know, talking on social media about it and having a laugh and just creates a bit of fun. Awesome. I oh, know, still he's has he still got his Think Big um, racing syndicate? Is that still going? I've got one of his caps. Have you? Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that might have been retired a few <laughs> years back, but he's he might have a couple of four-legged animals running around somewhere, though. Yeah, that'd be right. <laughs> now, and, uh, sorry, um, Mark, did you know the, the Goulburn Valley Bowls Division is having a grand final breakfast? Oh, I did not know that. At Shepparton Park on Sunday the 14th, the day of the big game, starting at 10.30am. And the panel will be headed by none other than your great mentor at Nathalia. Now, you know who that Jeff is. Jeff Sutcliffe. Jeff Sutcliffe. Yeah, the great man. No, he's a good guy. He just won his 35th singles championship. Wow, that's impressive. I don't uh, think I'll yeah, that so point. I'll just enlighten <laughs> the listeners and yourself. The park, park will serve breakfast and finger food. Throughout the morning, tea and coffee and stronger beverages at bar prices available throughout the breakfast. There will be individual bookings and tables of six. Will we get a look in, Brian, or not? Well, no, he might have been bypassed. I think Suddy's <laughs> come in and taken over. And, um, no, that's a good choice, I feel. Yep. I've tried to get Suddy on the program, so is Ray Nye up, at, up in the Murray, but without any success. Uh, flyers with more information will be sent to all clubs in the Goulburn, in the central Goulburn, Murray region and surround divisions early next week. Good, good initiative to sort of promote the game and obviously, you know, um, the grand final will be a big occasion at, at Shep Park this year as it is every year, but um, anything that sort of gives it a bit of a pump up and promotions, um, good for GV Bowls. Where is the grand final? Uh, what green will it be on? Well, it's funny you mention that because um, I think it, it was obviously picked at the start of the season. Or yeah. Here, yeah, yeah. Look, sure it, yeah, well. Um, reason behind it. Yeah, Shep, Shep Park's the host venue and I think a lot of people are probably assuming it'll be on the on the 
carpet, which is new and has been stretched and that. But um, down at practice the other night, um, Peter Norton was down there testing the, the speed of our grass greens. Um, I think he's on the greens committee. So, um, you know, they're, they're running reasonable. They could probably do with maybe a second or two more. So maybe they might be looking at grass, but it remains to be seen. I guess we'll find out in a week or two. I'm going to take a stab and say it's on the front green as you come in from the tennis court side. Mm. Oh, it's a great venue and a good Now, spot. I'm not on any committees, but uh, I believe that's where it'll be played. I think it might be the best green at Park at the moment because the carpet's been stretched and even I'm a member there, but... doesn't have enough speed. It's got slower. It's got a tight... Mm. It's got the, the only good carpet, I believe, for speed is at Nagambi and they've been given the, the cold shoulder because they reckon they haven't got the ability to cater for a final and I think that's a lot of... Um, Crap, to be honest, <laughs> without a find a better word. I mean, they got they got two they got they got um, a good catering committee and everything down. And being a past member, I feel they should get a they should have got a final. And uh, with their, their a sixteen second green doesn't change, draw both sides. So, are you a purist, Mark, in terms of liking it on grass as opposed to uh, um, carpet? Oh, look, I have been in the past. Um but, yeah, if you can get a good carpet now, I don't think there should be any reason why you don't play on carpet. Yeah. I think you yep. could easily have a grand final um, in the future yep. when the speed picks up yep. probably a little yep. bit more on East Shepherdens. Yep. And uh, they say it's getting better. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, what did you think a couple of weeks ago? when Yeah, you... still not quite up to it, as in pace was. Yep. It's like it's had, you know, 10 mil of rain the night before yep. on a grass green. It's a bit, yeah, just that little bit. Dowie. Yeah. Well, certainly you had a big, big fight away. against Daniel. You sort of had to – it took you a while to get it and come back and yeah. just nick him at the end there. Yeah, so no – yeah, I don't have a problem with it in the future. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What, Rhino, what do you think of the prospect if uh, Shepparton tried to get an ultimate bowls team or a Premier League team next year with sponsors? How would you like to be involved in that? Yeah, no, it would be amazing. I think there's – Real good opportunity for it if yeah, if we wanted to do that. Um, yeah, I'd be up for it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I went enjoy up, the concept. I journeyed up to Moama this week and watched the Premier League with Graham Myers, and uh, it was just um, just fantastic concept and the stand of the bowls and you know just uh, and um, I think Shepparton and could uh, actually host a ultimate bowls or something if you get the right promoters. They could have. Because we've got two indoor facilities and... Jo- Joey Lee's got plenty of money. He could sponsor, <laughs> couldn't he? Or we could run it at his shed. <laughs> <laughs> Old hummer hummer. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks for your time, Mark. Appreciate that. And, no worries, um, thank you. Yeah, good luck on the weekend. And, you know, it's great to see you and, and Tally and, you know, the likes of Rob Al Mitch back in the Div 1 finals. And, um, you know, no doubt it'll be an interesting few weeks. Yeah, it will be. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate All the best. it. Cheers. Yeah, no worries. Thanks very much, Mark, for coming in and... Yeah, we really appreciate it, and I'm sure you'll perform well in the finals. And let's hope it's a, a good close contest between you know the four sides in there, so the spectators get value for value for the well, I won't say their money, but <laughs> value for ter- for their time to turn up and watch some good bowls. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821 1556. 
After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantal Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821 1556. Well done, Ash. You've Sorry you've de- for the uh, the double ad there, listeners, but uh, Rhino has just popped out of the studio and mm. we're back. Yeah, he's um, obviously recording on a Thursday this week and big, big night of practice for the Tally Boys, but we thank him for making time in his busy schedule to come and have a chat to us and Brian, once again, mate, you've, you've outdone yourself in terms of the, the quality of guests. I mean, no more um, qualified person to talk on the first week of finals than Mark Ryan with the success he's had over his decorated career. Uh, well, he's, he's always made himself available. Yep. I didn't say to him, oh, I gave you the kiss of death this year. I picked him to be the leading skipper and <laughs> he's probably had his worst season. But uh, as I said, the stand of the skippers up here this year has been phenomenal, I believe. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that, that's sort of why I, I asked him about um, you know the fact that he's really had a lot of change in his rink this year, which I can remember at Park when he was there in their really strong years. He had Dave Hardy leading for him, Trevor Serafini is his third, and then maybe he had a couple of different seconds, but he was very um, his rink was rock solid sort of a lot of the time. Whereas this year he sort of fought it a bit with a few different combinations. So Dave would say that uh, the success was down to uh, himself, uh, as he's told me three times already in the last month uh, about <coughs> me pumping up uh, Smythe's rink for being uh, so good this year. He said, what about me? Uh, I've been the, I've been the, the key man. Well, well, it's funny you mentioned that and we, we don't give Dave much, but I bet you if you asked Mark that, he would um, actually give Dave a lot of credit for those years he had at Park because, you know, as we know, Dave's been one of the most reliable leaders in the Golden Valley for a number of years and... Um, you know, Mark certainly was was quick to sort of pounce on him as his leader when he was at Park in their strong seasons. So, um, we'll get into our weekend review from the last round uh, before the final. So that was round fourteen, Saturday just gone. Div six, the final four ended up being VRI, Nagambi, Tat Hilltop, and Shep Park. Nagambi finished their regular season with a big win against Park by twenty one. Marupna Golf got a forfeit from Rushworth. And Avenal went down by one shot to Tat Hilltop. Um, looking at Division 5, so the f- final four ended up being um, Marupna Golf, Tally, Tat Hilltop, Red, Yaroa. The top four sides all won uh, over Stanhope, Dukey, Kyabram and Tat Hilltop Blue, respectively, to go into the finals by winning touch, uh, in winning touch. Some big rink wins. Um, Rootner Golf's Brendan Broughton had a 23-shot win. Tally's Dwight Goodman, who Mark mentions, um, just sort of come back in the second half of the year. Um, he's a luxury to really to have in their Division 5 side, one by 10. Tad Hilltop Reds, Kenny Cornell, one by 14. And Yaroa's Ken Byrne had a 13-shot success. Um, looking at uh, Division 4... Uh, the top four ended up being Avenal. Great to see Avenal in the finals there. Kyabram, Stanhope, Tat Hilltop. Um, so there was no changes in the top four, and all of the top four won well. Um, Yaroa were um, they were five shot five points behind. Also had a good win, but just short of making the four. Tat Hilltop defeated East Shep and Lime eighteen zip. Kai defeated Murchison sixteen two. Avenal defeated Shep goal fourteen four, and Stanhope uh, won sixteen two. Defeated. Um, Seymour, and Shep Park had an 18-0 win over Merrigan. Great competition this year, the Div 4. The ladder was tight pretty much right until the end of the regular season. Tad Hilltop's Rod Pickett 
won by 24 shots. Laurie Merritt won by 22 against East Shepherd and Lyme. Um, Kybram's Ray Harrison, great to see him in good form, had a 23-shot win. Um, and, yeah, so Kai had a big win over Merch. Avonal's top skip and skip of the year, Noel Slater, 27-shot win, got his side over the line against bottom team Shep Golf. Uh, Rob McKay won by three, and Gary Grant won by seven to get golf four points. Um, Stanhope's um, Hayden Crilly had a 15-shot win, and Barry Whopper-Williams had a nine-shot win to get Stanhope over the line there. Uh, looking at Division 3, another really tight comp as well. Seymour finished on top. Marupna Golf second. Shepherd and Golf and Tally. Um, and Tat Hilltop just finished out of the four by four points. Um, so really, really strong last round of action. Tat Hilltop at home lost by 31 shots to Tally. And that, that match essentially decided fourth. Um, Tat Hilltop went from third to fifth as Shep Golf whitewashed Shep Park at home, 18 zip by 16 shots. Um, Tom Goodwin's rink was the best for Tally, defeated Greg Toy by 13. Frank Niglia got Tat Hilltop two points, beating Damian Williams by four. Six shots was the biggest margin in the Golf Park clash, even though it was a sweep. Frank Ivac was the best rink for golf. Um, and then looking ahead to some of the other games... Um, Marupna was no match for a rampaging Seymour, but Bob McKenzie got them two points. Biggles Brown had a massive win against Don Stevens, 30-6. Second place, Marupna Golf gave Dookie a touch-up by 46 shots at home, with Noel Holden winning by 22 shots over Ian McDermott. And Craig Shannessy had a 21-shot win over Glenda Exton. Cheryl Emmett won by 10 over Bobby Nicholson, and Neil Swainston got two points for Dookie beating Jim Tweddle. So um, that'll be a really good final series. Seymour have obviously been the benchmark all year, um, but great to see Marupna Golf also in there as well um, with Shep Golf and Tally nipping at their heels. Looking at Division 2, this was a really interesting last round as well. So Shep Golf um, played Shepparton Park at Park under lights on Friday. This was a big game for Shep Park. If they won, they were in, then they would have held fourth spot. Unfortunately, they only won one rink in a 22-shot loss. Uh, Rory, ben- R- Rory Brown um, consolidated his skip of the year position. Uh, he won by 15 against Greg Williamson. Calvin Rogash uh, was Park's only successful rink. He beat Peter Fairgrave by a couple of shots. Um, so as a result of other results, Park sl- uh, slipped from fourth to sixth place. Kybram surprised many pundits and beat second place Tad Hilltop by 12 to sneak into the four, which is a great result at Kyabram. Des Campbell was the biggest rink winner by 11 over Paul Bart Newman, who's uh, earned a promotion this week into Tad Hilltop's Division 1 side, which we'll touch on in a bit. Ray Salwood won by six over Mary Greco. Was, that was Tad Hilltop's only rink win. East Shepherd be disappointed after a huge effort against Rushy. Um, they won by a massive 43 shots, clean sweep but uh, did not make the finals as Kai uh, upset Tad Hilltop. Gino Servi won by 19 um, against Kevin Gilbert, was the best winning rink. Marupna only won one rink at home against bottom side Nagambi, but Darren Kelly's 26-shot win got them home by a comfortable 14 shots, 12 points to six. 
So Tyler's mob Marupna going into the final with a bit of confidence there, mate. Well, I don't know about confidence winning only one rink, but uh, they certainly got the job done uh, and did what they had to do. Yeah, and then looking at the Alan Matheson Shield in the match of the round and a preview for next week's qualifying final, Shep Golf again proved too strong for a gallant tally outfit winning by... Um, it's only about 20-odd shots, I think. In 25. 25 shots, 15 points to three. Golf coach Brad Orr finished the home and away season with 11 out of 12 wins to win the top skipper award. David Dawes drew with Matt Robertson to finish runner-up with nine wins, two draws and a loss. Mitch Sybottom defeated Chris Ferguson by one shot. He's finished fourth in the skips ladder behind third place John Gribble. So they've got the trifecta, Shep Golf. He had a big rink win over Mark Ryan by 19. Uh, your roll whitewash Stanhope, 18 points to none uh, by 22 shots at Stanhope. Um, Guess who selected Yaroa? Uh, it'd have to the be the only only person. Yeah, on, yep. the, on in the ship news. Thank yeah, you. so uh, good good get by Brian. Um, so most likely um, that was their last game in Division One um, for a while at least. With Andy Houston winning by ten over Shane Walsh, their best rink result remains to be seen, doesn't it, Brian? What what do you think? Are they? Well, there's a bit of conjecture around about this promotion and demotion, but. I feel if if it's in midweek and they approved it, it's got to it's got to be uh, it's got to be actioned. And I believe it, there's a different circumstances if Shep Golf and I believe they'll win Division Two. If they go up, I think they'll be a competitive team. Would they be a top four team? Well, they'd be a rough chance. I think they'll win more games than your row of three. Put it that way. Yep. Are you are you an advocate for a tyre? I think uh, I think when you leave grey areas in officiating decisions, it opens it up for not manipulation, but for the the you know the air of manipulation looking from the outside in. Yeah. Um, you know, if golf goes and wins Div Two and decides they don't want to be promoted, mm-hmm. and the Golden Valley Bowls Division. Uh, board or match committee decides to let them not be promoted. Mm. Uh, it, it does open it up to go for uh, for others, um, you know, and other teams and other clubs to say, well, um, if that was us, would you give us the same decision, or would you made us go up like you said you were going to before the season? Well, because it's because it's obviously happened in the the Edna Harling Shield with Shep Park having two Division One sides in, so. Is there alignment there with the weekend and Tuesday pennant or is it different rules? And that's where I think it becomes a bit murky. And I, that's what I mean. I, I don't care what the rule is. Um, I, mm. if, if the rule is um, clubs can decide whether they want to go up, fair enough. Leave it like that and they can decide whether they want to go up. But if the rule is sides have to go up, then yeah. the rule is sides have to go up. Do you know what the easiest way to solve the problem is, Brian? Marutma wins Div 2 and it's a fait accompli because they don't have a Div yeah, 1. But I don't believe, as in the past... The runner-up should then get an option to go up. I believe you should yeah. have to win the pennant yes. to be promoted. Yeah, yep, I, I agree with that. Um, looking at, at the rest of Div 1 round, East finished their season by defeating Kai, uh, 13 shots at Kai. Uh, both sides probably disappointing at the end of the season. Um, it was a 16-2 result. Noel Toot Redrop won by seven over East coach Brent Reiner. Um, that got them two points, while Graham Barber in his first game as a skip defeated Greg Schilling by seven. Great scalp from uh, by Graham Barber there. 
Shane McIntosh had a seven-shot win over Glenn Fields, and Jeff Beattie uh, capped a fine season with a six-shot win over Robbie George, who I think had maybe only lost one or two games for the year. And great to see uh, young Henry Boswood, 12 years old, played his first Division One game for Kai. The first of many, no doubt, so well done, Henry. Um, and looking at the other game, Tat Hilltop defeated Park by 10 at home in another finals preview, two rinks each. So sort of halfway between this game when the rinks were quite um, split too, too, too easy for Park, too easy for Tat Hilltop and realised that neither side could get second. Um, so so the, the game um, well, didn't peter out a bit, but obviously knew that um, we were just sort of playing a dress rehearsal for the qualifying final. Peter Lasseur again gave Paul Nichols a touch-up by 21 shots. Um, could have easily been 30. Denzel Cartwright defeated Josh Warren by 13. Paul Warren had a good win by 13 over Russell Locke. Uh, and the evergreen Dennis Smythe with his trusty third, um, David Hardy, won by 11 over Tat Hilltop coach Lee Farrell. So the final four, or the final ladder actually, golf, tally, Tat Hilltop, Park, East in fifth, Kai sixth, Stanhope and Yaroa. That is the weekend pennant. Regular season, done and dusted, Brian. Yes, done and dusted. And the midweek review of their first week of finals. Yep. In Division 5, in the elimination final, Kai easily defeated Yaroa by 34 shots, 71 to 37. John McFadgen by two for Kai Abram and Robin Barrett by a massive 32 shots uh, got Kai home. In a bit of a landslide. In the qualifying final, Katandra West defeated Dukey by 15 shots. They finished on top, Katandra West. And I think they played Dukey in the last home and home match and the result never changed. They'll be tough to beat Katandra there. Yeah. Marie Ash by 12 and Fiona Rourke, the top skip in the comp by three. They've both been on fire all season, uh, yeah. Marie and Fiona. Great to see Katandra West too in a, into a grand final. Yeah, it certainly is. Yes, and they'll be hard to beat. Division 4 in an even contest. Park Rose won the elimination final by six shots over Tad Hilltop. Uh, Rose won two rinks. Lynn Oliver's rink was the best performing for Park, winning by 10. The qualifying final was also a contest with Nagambi defeating Merrigan by only seven. Lynn Sindon's rink... She's a lesser-known skipper down there. Um, Angel Mannequin and Fiona Smith finished first and second in the skips of the year. Uh, Lynn, Lynn's a good player, and her rink got up by 15 shots, and they lost the other two rinks. So a good effort there, and, um, and the Gamby goes straight into the grand final. Um, Merrigan's winning rinks were Robbie Dennis and Joe Chant, both um, experienced bowlers. In Division 3, in the elimination final, Stanhope proved too superior against Kyabram, winning by a big margin of 36 shots, two rinks to one. Jenny Crilly, 33-15, and Jamie Stokes, 35-14. Both thirds in Division 1 of uh, Weekend Pennant. Well, uh, they, they had they didn't play probably for the last four rounds, and we never, so we haven't got to the bottom of that one, but um, they... Like both players. Jenny Crilly and Jamie Stokes didn't play the second time we played them about three, two, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, well, that's uh, news to me. Um, 
whilst Rhonda Woodcock of Kai won her rink by three shots. In the qualifying final, Top Team Park went into the grand final after defeating Marutna Golf by 11 shots, 64 to 53. Wes Gibbs, 19-16. Keith Dudley, 28-14. For Park, while Spill Gullick, the top skip in the division, went down by 6-2, Lionel Blake of Marutna Golf. Probably a fair result. Park's been the, the pace setter all year in Division 3, so they'll get their chance in a couple of weeks' time. True. Uh, Division 2, a real thriller in the elimination final between Tadhill Top Red 3rd and Kai 4th, resulting in a four-shot win to Tadhill Top Red. Maria Warner by 7, Trevor Danny by 6 for Hilltop's winners, while Peter O'Brien fought hard for Kai, winning by 9. Yeah, well, um, that that game sort of could have come right down to the wire, um, I think, Tad Hilltop were about six up with two ends to play. Like there was one rink playing the last two ends and I think they might have been a handful or so down and Tad Hilltop skipper dead drew the shot and that gave him a bit of breathing room going into that last end. Trevor Downey um, had, a, had a really good day out, so um, keep their season alive. Yes. In the qualifying final, ladder leader Reese proved too good for Shepherd and Golf winning by 19 shots. Uh, Collier... Stacey by 15, Janice Delmenico by 5, while Graham Barber lost his first match. He'd won 9 out of 9. He went down to Frankie Ivac by one shot. Yeah, Frankie Ivac's claimed a few scalps over the years. He, um, he never dies wondering, Frank, and he's hard to beat um, you know, at the best of times. But certainly East Shepard and, um, again, have been the benchmark in Division 2. Um, and they'll get their opportunity, and there'll be lots of sta- lots at stake in two weeks' time because win, and they're they're up in Division One. And you can see the importance for them of getting up into Division One in the midweek because Stacey Collier uh, came didn't go to Moama on on Tuesday. Well, she played um, you know obviously midweek instead instead of playing in a couple of games of the the BPL Cup. Um, obviously, you know with four members of the squad, uh, the other three can you know, yep. play on the green. Uh, but yes, uh, congrats to East Shep on making it that far and winning a couple of games and uh, it was really just a tight loss to the Ocean Groves uh, flappers which uh, um, put them out of contention. But um, yeah, obviously you can see how important East, how much importance East is putting on getting back up into Division or getting into Division 1 in the midweek. So, yeah, certainly. And in Division 1, the elimination final... Saw Tad Hilltop and Kai level, so they drew after 75 ends, the com- normal completion of any match, and an extra end that had to be played, which Kai won by four shots, and Tad Hilltop's season was over in dramatic style. Millimetres in it, I believe, I think for the initial measure to go to... Extra the end. extra ends, um, from what I was told. So, um, but yes, uh, just uh, how how about that for uh, an elimination final going to extra ends? Uh, I've been involved, uh, <laughs> seen a grand final decided by extra ends, but uh, that's about the only thing that would beat it, I suppose. Are, are we are we calling that a boil over? Because I had Tad Hilltop winning the whole thing based on how they peaked at the right yeah, time well, of the year, and I, I reckon well, this might yeah. be one that got away. Yeah, well, I, I thought Tad Hilltop were. Um, a big chance of winning it. Now they're gone in the elimination final. I and, agree with you, Ash. And and, and and certainly, given the um, the 
the metamorphosis, I guess you'd call it, of their site or their rinks over the over the course of the season at the start of the year, um, you know, to now, you know, they had you know, Cartwright playing, Russell Locke, Lee Farrell skipping, they had all, all men skippers and, you know, that sort of pushed the likes of um, Diane Danny and Jeanette Overall and those types into their Division 2 side um, and, you know, they really did come on in that second half of the year. Uh, whereas Kyram sort of just chugged away for most of the season, didn't really mm. set the world on fire, but um, got them when they counted. Yeah, well, Marie Boswell's performance, one by five over David Cartwright, who had Russell Locke as his third. Yep. Um, that is a critical win. Well, those two would know each other quite well because I believe David and Marie have won the mixed pairs title on at least one occasion, maybe more, um, at Kyabram. So yes, yeah. um, there, there would have been uh, no love lost there between those two and um, Marie got the bragging, bragging rights. Certainly did. And Marie skips for Kai in Division 2 and she's yep. got a pretty handy third there and we'll give him a good chance in the final this week and that's uh, Phil Denham. Yep. Absolutely. Played Division 1 at some stage yeah, this year as well. skipper in Division 1 as well. And Jenny Dixon by 13 over Tilt-top, Hilltop, Tat Hilltop coach Lee Farrell was also an impressive mm. performance. Jock Hicks rink kept Tat Hilltop in the contest with a 14-shot victory over Mary Greco, who's had a pretty good, successful season as well. And she also skips in Kai's Division 2 of Saturday pennant or weekend pennant. So, um, so there we are. And in the qualifying final, yeah. I better read that out. Here we go. Uh, Park 10 were comfortable 18 shots, victors over Shep Golf. Two rinks to one. I actually picked Shep Golf. So yeah, likewise. Yeah. Die hands by 14 over Graham Waddell, the leading skipper in, in um, the midweek Division 1. And Paul Warren by 10 over Robbie Betson. Graham, Graham Silky Myers, Shepparton and Golf, one by six over Kathy Dudley. And got that six on the last end. They were level going into the last end, and, and Myers got a six to win that one by six. So, Tyler? Yeah, yeah, Preliminary finals next week. Division one, Golf v. Kyabram at Maroopna Golf. Uh, sorry, Shepparton and Golf v. Kyabram at Maroopna Golf. Division two, Shepparton and Golf v. Tatura Hilltop, also at Maroopna Golf. Over at Tatura, Maroopna Golf v. Stanhope in Division three. Uh, Tatura as well uh, is the venue for Division 4, Merrigam against Shepparton Park Rose, and back to Marupna Golf in Division 5, uh, Dookie against Kyabram. Just just want to touch on Shep Park's effort to get into the granny um, straight up, like um, straight in. Um, it's it's really a win for the for the old style of, of midweek pennant because you look at the other three sides, I think Shep Golf had 10 men and two females, and Kyabram and Hilltop might have had nine and three or maybe ten and two, but um, whereas at Shep Park, it's, I think it's uh, three or four men and the rest eight eight or nine women. So they've been the one club that's sort of been able to still maintain their competitiveness um, and, and their premiership credentials by sticking with um, predominantly female bowlers in, in Division 1, and that's that's fantastic to see from my point of view. Yeah, they're beat, they're beat uh, to be commended on the, on the way they've... Uh, they play their... They play, um, as you say, eight ladies and four men, which is differs to the other clubs. Yeah. And they've gone along and had faith in their ladies to perform against the... Um, 
the best men who played midweek. So that is a, and, no doubt about it, it's a feather in their cap. And it would have been easy to sort of take the whole if you can't beat them, join them philosophy given that they haven't won the Div 1 Premiership the past couple of years. But they've still been good enough to make finals. And um, I must uh, – I'll get it right. So it is four. So they've got Peter Matthews in Die Hands' rink as a second. Paul Warren skipping one rink with Dennis Smythe as his third. And then Ernie Salvamini's leading for Kathy Dudley. So they've only got the four men in there when it could be easy to just flip that and, and chuck eight men in there. And um, But obviously the thing is as well, they, they had the second Division One side, which only had a handful of men in there as well. So they've been able to maintain that depth with their female members. Well, uh, it's also the fact that um, maybe along with East Shep, they've probably got the most women playing Division One mm. weekend pennant. So, yep. you know, the talent is obviously there. It's, you know, when you've got the talent there, it's easy to, to pick pick them. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's no disparaging um, anyone who's uh, I, 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 yeah. out on the green. But, yeah, like you said, it, it comes from a selection point of view as well, doesn't it? Yeah, look, I know um, I know East Shep probably fought it for a while. Brian, I don't know whether you can add much to this, but I certainly know with their midweek, they were um, against putting the men in their top side for a long time, and it's probably got to the point now where they've realised that if they want some sort of future, and obviously with the facilities that they've got, you know, midweek pennant, they need to have a sustainable model um, to... M- best utilise the facilities they have um, and obviously this year we're seeing that you know Graham Barber skipping in Division 2 and they've slowly come around to it and seen the fruits of that success and hopefully they can get up into Division 1 next year and join that lot of competitive sides pushing for a flag in Div 1. Yeah there's been a complete change of uh, attitude out of these ship and they have um, they want to be competitive whereas they played all women before only had a men occasionally filling in They're now uh, playing quite a few men in their... uh, I don't know exactly how many men are in their Division 2, but it certainly made a big big difference to their... uh competitiveness and no doubt they decide to beat. Well, I think it's just the, rea- the reality of where the pennant's at. You know, there's lots of um, women playing on Saturdays and there's lots of men playing on Tuesdays. And if we all want a game of bowls and we all want it to be a good competitive contest, you know, that's just the way it, way it's got to. And, um, you know, I think, it's, I think it's been great to see some of the different sides up there in midweek and certainly um, in the Division 1 competition. I know at Shep Park we've got some great um, talented female players is playing in our Division One side, and they deserve to be there. And um, you know that's that's the way the competition's going. Certainly is. I'll just do a quick midweek preview. It's preliminary final day. We just went through them, Brian. Yeah. Well, do you want me to elaborate, pick winners, or just no? That's all right. Okay. All right. We'll go into the weekend preview. Weekend preview. So Div Six. Yeah, Div Six. We got uh, Tad Hilltop. In the elimination final, third playing Park fourth. I've got the uh, I've got Tad Hilltop to win, and the X factors: Bill Milner for Tad Hilltop and Lloyd Morrison for Shep Park. In the um, qualifying final, uh, these matches are to be played at Marupna Golf. Yep, uh, we've got uh, VRI. Gary Best is the X Factor there, and they're playing the Gamby second. Eddie Dunn's the X Factor for the Gamby. I think VRI will be too strong. Yep. In that uh, qualifying final, the Gamby will get the uh, chance to redeem themselves next week. Division 5 elimination final 
Tat Hill top red. I've picked them to beat Yaroa. X factors there: Kenny Cornell for Hilltop and Tat Hilltop and Libby Byrne for Yaroa. That's played at Avonall Bowling Club. Both these finals, Division Five qualifying final, Maritna Golf to defeat Tally. Maritna Golf finished top Tally second. The X factors there: are Lee Wake and Shaw from the uh, Shepherd and Bowl Shop and uh, Ronnie Jones from Tally. Division Four at Maroopna Bowling Club. We got. Uh, Stan Hope, who finished third, playing Tad Top, finished fourth. The X Factors there are Kenny Hopner from Stan Hope and Ray Flett from Tad Top. I'm going for uh, Tad Top to win. Oh, I am too, and I'm making my X Factor for Tad Top, Jeanette, overall. Yeah, good pick. And in the qualifying final, Avenal Top playing Kai second. The uh, I'm going for Avenal to have a. A win there, I think it'll be a good contest. Noel Slater is the X Factor for Avenal, top skipper in the comp, and Ray Harrison for Coabram. Division three at East Shepparton, elimination final, is Shep Golf first tally. Shep Golf finished third, tally fourth. The X Factors, Brian McEnany, in good form last week. For Shep Golf and Tommy, the Chief Goodwin for Tally Garupna. I'm, I'm making my X Factor for Tally, uh, Daniel Brophy, in his first bowls final. So good luck, Brof. Yeah, good on you, Brof. I'm going for Shep Golf to win this. Who are you picking? Um, yeah, Shep Golf for mine too. I'd All say right. Shep Golf will get the job done. And in the qualifying final, Seymour first play, Marutna Golf second. This will be a great match. Uh I'm going for Seymour, X-Factors, Dale Selleck as Seymour, a good left-arm skipper. Yep. And Des Monk at 90 years of age for Marupna Golf. He, uh, he's due for another big game. He killed us when we played him, so I reckon Desi will fire up. Yeah, look, I think Seymour will be too strong in this one. They've been consistent all year, um, and they've got a bit to play for as well, looking to get back up into Division 2. And that'll be important with uh, all of their sides coming across, as we understand, for, for next season. Uh, yes. In terms of uh, the central uh, disbanding. So, yeah, they'll be uh, making sure they don't slip up, and I think they'll be uh, yeah, winning. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Division 2 elimination final at Yaroa. We've got Marupna third playing Kai fourth. The X Factors, Darren Kelly for Marupna and Johnny Horsler for Kai Abram. I'm going for Kai Abram to win this. I think their form last week was uh, pretty good against Hilltop, where Maroopna won one rink against the bottom side. Mm. And I don't think that's good form going into a final, despite I've been selecting Maroopna each week. But I reckon Kai will maintain their winning, um, their impetus and... uh, just beat Kai Abram. Yeah, I think I think this one's a less than ten shot sort of job overall here, and um, you know your X factors are pretty spot on. Darren Kelly was the match winner last week for Marutna. Kai Abram, um, you know Marie Boswell claimed a big scalp during the week in David Cartwright in the midweek, so if she can continue that, that'll go a long way to Kai winning. I tend to agree with you, Brian. I think Kai, um, you know, they they did drop a couple of players into their Div 2 side to try and get him into the four. Uh, Mal Williams will be playing. Um, so, you know, Des Campbell, obviously, you know, ta- very talented sportsman, knows what finals are all about. So um, I'll just give Kai a slight edge in this one. Uh, Marupna for me. 
That, oh, that surprise, really, surprise. That is a big surprise. <laughs> and in the qualifying final, Shep Golf had finished top and favourites to go up to Division 1 if they so desire. They played Tad Hilltop, who was second. Um, Tad Hilltop lost last week to Coabram. They got a bit of a touch-up, really. I'm, I think Shep Golf will win comfortably. Roy Brown is the X-factor for golf. And Ray Hollywood Selwood. Yep. For um, Tad Hilltop. Yeah, look, I think um, if Tad Hilltop couldn't beat Kai Abram, who are in fourth, I'm not sure how they're going to turn it around and beat the all-conquering Shep Golf side. For for golf, my X factors: Graham Gunther McInnes playing third to to Peter Fairgrave. He's a he, he'll be a big time player, I think, for Shep Golf. And look, what what he doesn't know about bowls isn't worth knowing with Gunther. Um, and Tad Hilltop. They've had a bit of bit of chopping and changing with some selection news that we'll get into with the Division One. So they're slightly looking a bit different um, in in their rink makeups, but um, I think Colf will be too strong in this one. Tyler, uh, yeah, look, I'd say Golf um, gets the job done. You know, it's it's obviously going to be um, you know a fairly tight contest, I think. But um, you know, someone's got to lose to Marutner in the grand final. <laughs> That's right, certainly. <laughs> Division one, the elimination final is Tat Hill top third versus Park fourth. They played each other last week. And what were the greens like, Ash? They're a bit slower than when we played over there. They're running 17. On yeah. the tournament there Sunday, I reckon um, no disparity to the greenkeeper Murray. Uh, but I reckon they're only running about 14. Yeah, look, I tend to agree with that. Look, no, no qualms with the greens whatsoever. Um, do you want to keep analysing the game, or do you want me to? No, I'll just. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The greens, but they're a lot slower. I thought they yeah. would have been quicker. Yeah, they they, they they weren't typical hilltop greens. I'll I'll, I'll say that, but certainly um, the pace was no issue for us at all. Okay, my X factors in. I'm going for Tad Hilltop to win. X factors Peter Lasser. <coughs> Be funny if he drew. Paul Nichols again. It's quite on the cards. And, of course, there's only one man who's the X-Factor for Shep Park. Dave Hardy. <laughs> um, why are you going for Hilltop, Brian? Well, I think they've got a, I think they've got a bit more talent mm. than Shep Park. Let's face it. Um, Dennis <coughs> Smythe has had an outstanding season. Only, yep. only due, his, due his third, I've heard. But um, Dave Hardy. But yep. all jokes aside... Well, winning form, you beat them on the carpet, but mm. I think the down at um, Yaroa. Or Stanhope, we're Stanhope at. Stanhope, rather, sorry. Yep. Uh, I think the Greens will be fast, and I think yep. they'll suit uh, Tad Hilltop more than Shep Park. Yeah, you look, have to agree with that. You go first, Tyler, and I'll give my. I, I, look, uh, I think I'll be tipping to True Hilltop as well. Um, even though uh, a couple of tweaks heading into finals isn't uh, usually kosher for bowl sides, so they've never been afraid this year to to shuffle the magnets. Um, so yeah. they've obviously got a fair plan there. Um, uh, so look, I, th- I think especially on the grass green, I, I think it's yeah. the Bulldogs for me. Yeah, look, um, firstly, you know, you know, Tad Hilltop made a couple of gutsy calls at selection this week. Um, so the side we played last week, Jeff McNaughton led for Russell Locke. Um, he's been dropped, um, and I'm not sure what the qualification. I don't think he played enough games to qualify for Div Two, so he wasn't named in Division Two. 
Justin Spedding, who I believe is a Hilltop selector as well, he led for Lee Farrell last week, also not named. He's named as the emergency. Um, so huge, gutsy calls. Yeah, but if if your Division 1 and 2 are playing on the same day, you can play in either division. He's not, you don't have to qualify. He's not, he's not named. Neither of them are named in the sides that I've seen on their... Um, well, that surprises me. You'd think yeah. they'd be aware of the rule. Yeah, look, I'm not too sure whether they didn't want to upset the Division 2 side by naming someone who hasn't sort of been there because yeah. Jeff was in the Division 2 probably the last two or three rounds of the regular season, came back in last week. Um, so gutsy calls from Lee Farrell as the coach and the selection panel there. Uh, Rod Medill comes in to lead for Russell Locke. Um, I believe they played um, together in the Tat Hilltop um, on a board fours on Sunday. They made the, Made the playoff. Um, so Lockie obviously thinks that Rod's in pretty good form, really experienced bowler. And as I mentioned, Paul Bart Newman, who... Um, lost his rink last week in Division 2, but um, earns promotion to second for Russell Locke. So that's probably the biggest change in that. Oh, Lockie's got a couple of new bowlers there. Uh, Justin Spedding goes out as the manager and um, emergency. And um, in Lee Farrell's rink, he had Gary Russell playing third to him. He drops down to second. Jock Hicks, who was second last week to Russell Locke, is now third to Lee Farrell. And Josh Cartwright goes from second to to Lee Farrell, back to lead. Um, now, Josh Cartwright had a great game last week, probably best on that rink in a tough loss against Dennis Smythe. But I really admire the courage to make the really gutsy calls first week of finals. And in contrast, um, at the rink I'm playing in, Paul Nichols's rink, we've lost four in a row, um, minus 41 shots across those four games. So um, Peter Lasseur gave us a touch-up again last week, uh, 21 shots. Could have been 30 quite easily. Um, they probably took the foot off the gas a little bit near the end when they realised they weren't going to lose. Um, if we draw, say, um, well, definitely Peter Lasseur or David Cartwright, this is my biggest fear, uh, we're, we're probably essentially giving them a 10-shot head start because I just don't think they've swapped Ernie Salvamini and Jim Oliver around leading second. I don't know whether that's the answer, the, the way that our rink's been going. I would have liked... And, you know, I had a good chat to Paul Nichols on, on Tuesday night at training about what we can do, but we're just not bowling with confidence at the moment, that rink. We're not building heads. Um, we're quite often, you know, three, four down, and we're doing big numbers and we can't string ends together. We didn't go the gutsy call, and that's what worries me a little bit. I'm tipping Park, we've, but we've won one game for the year on grass. That was against Kyber first game after Christmas. N- not tipping Park, but not with a lot of confidence. Thoughts on the selection, um, Brian? What do well, you do? What do you do with the rink that's minus forty-one last four games? Well, I don't think I agree with Tyler. I don't think you you, you make changes on either the fight. You got to have faith. Paul Nichols was skipper of the year last year. Yeah, but how many chances do you sort of give a well, rink? I don't before? know. He's a quality player, and yeah, I think Ernie and. Ernie and Jim, you've got to and, and, and me to an extent too. Yeah, I include have, I include myself in this. Like I haven't been bowling with a lot of confidence because we've been down yeah, a lot. So I don't, yeah, but it's already one. There's no one comes to mind in the vision too that's oh, pressing for a, I, I, yeah. A birth. I, you know, there, there's some been some players in form in Division Two, but it just um, 
yeah, when, when you sort of start to lose a few in a row, it can be very hard to find that confidence again. And um, certainly Peter Lesseur had it all over us last week with his rink. And uh, we're, we're hoping for a bit of luck, fingers crossed, with the draw this week. Yeah, I think you just got to back the boys that got you there. And Put, put it this way, Brad all lost one game for the year. And after that loss, his rink had changed. Yes. He was he, no mucking around whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I so, think the time to blow the rink up was uh, two weeks ago, not um, heading into the final. Agree, but, um, agree, yeah. yep. So you think they could have done a hilltop and brought up a couple of players? I do, yep. Yeah. Yep, and I, sp- and Paul, I spoke to Paul about that, and um, they, the selectors went their way, and hopefully yeah. it's, um, it works out this week. But certainly um, we need a kind rink draw, I think. Yes. And we've already touched a bit on the other game, Brian. Shepard and Golf v Tally Garupna. Yeah, golf, golf to win by, I'll say, 20 shots. X-Factors are Colin Power from golf and Joey Leah from Tally Garupna. Yeah, look, um, Rhino touched on the selection changes, so um, Glenn Pasty leading for him goes out of the team um, and Matt O'Connor goes to lead for him and Tom Goodwin comes in and will play second, I think, for Brett Gunning. That's their really concerning rink for mine. They've just been all over the shop the past few weeks, a bit like... Um, myself in Paul Nichols's rink, they're just really fighting it at the moment, confidence-wise. Um, you know, so they, they'd be hoping for a kind draw as well with that one. You know, if they get a Brad Orr, that could be sort of 15 to 20 shots and game over. I think yeah. it's golf for mine as well. Um, uh, I, I hark back to the 2018 Goulburn Valley League football finals and uh, there was no way Shepparton was going to beat Kyabram in the qualifying final. They knew they had to wait for the grand final because you can only beat them once. Yeah. And if Tally beats golf this week, uh, golf would win the grand final by 60 shots, and I would be very confident in saying that. Uh, so, yes, I think golf wins this week. And, uh, yes, uh, Tally will get back to, to face them in the grand final, and, and that'll be their moment. Well, look, I think, um, yeah, golf by sort of 20-plus for mine. I think they just know how to get it done. And particularly, you know, you saw the last 10 ends last week. There was only about eight in it, and they've won by 25. That's 30, 30, 30-odd shot turnaround. That's what they've done all year. Absolutely, yeah. So, golf for mine. Yeah, well, I think they're um, – golf have been hot favourites a lot of years running, but I think this year they're probably the hottest, even though they've got a couple of um, – Tally Group, you wouldn't say Tally Group and Tad Hilltop are, are minor players. They're probably better than the sides they played in the finals for a number of years. But Park could have won, and as Rhino touched on, uh, they should have. Won the, should have won the final last year. So anything can happen in a grand final. And I've just got a couple of – we lost a couple of um, bowlers in the Goulburn Valley in the last week. Uh, Ken Allen, who was yep. a former president of Kyala, yep. well-known bowler and finished his career at Maroopna Golf. Um, we'll miss Kenny. He was a good – well, a president of a club. Yep. Good, uh, loyal um, – Supporter of all the bowlers there, an easy guy to talk to. Yeah, he he had his uh, send off this week, and uh, the Collingwood Premiership Cup actually made an appearance there, which uh, no doubt Kenny would have made Kenny smile up there in the heavens. Yeah, it certainly would. Have. So Vale Ken Allen, and we lost uh, Trevor Crow. He died, I think, yesterday or the day before. Yeah, uh, Joe's husband. Yep. Um, he, he had a heart transplant, mm. but he picked up a couple of um, one lung. He had something in, in the other lung, so uh, he just didn't have the strength for um, to fight it off. And it was a great um, – the heart transplant was one of the 
probably one of the first done up in the oh one. He was the first one of the first recipients in the Goulburn Valley. Yeah, and yep. he was able to come back and play bowls and yeah, enjoy yep. a reasonable sort of life. But uh, condolences go out to Joe and uh, yeah on her loss and Barbara Allen on the loss of Ken and Vale. Um, Trevor Crow. Trevor was a well respected. Um, Member of the um, Shepparton Golf Bowls Club. I reiterate those thoughts, Brian, and just a quick Trevor Crow anecdote before we, we finish up for today. But he was actually my first junior footy coach at Wanganui Park and coached out at, there for a number of years. Wanganui Park Secondary College coached the likes of Shannon Burns and um, a lot of footballers who went on to play at the highest level, Riley Dunn. Um, so he was you know, a great junior football coach, great mentor of mine sort of growing up as a young teenager and certainly uh, was able to enjoy that competitive edge um, playing lawn bowls at Shepherd and Golf. And um, condolences to Joe and the family and uh, obviously Shepherd and Golf as well. So no doubt um, they'll have you know an extra, extra supporter on their side come the finals. Certainly will. Yes, uh, a down note, unfortunately, to finish on. But yes, we um, we send our condolences. Uh, thank you uh, for joining us on After the Jack, Ash uh, and Brian. Thanks once again. Looking forward to it. Big week of finals. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I won't actually be there, but um, I'll be back, raring to go and cover the finals the, the following weekend. I've got my granddaughter's second birthday up in Albury this weekend. And uh, thank you again, listeners. We'll uh, speak to you next week. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepparton Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821-1556. That was After the Jack. A McPherson Media Group production.